Welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast. Straight talking ideas to grow your business. Hello and welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast, the show that aims to help you grow your business. Now, my name's John Lawley and I'm your web wizard. I'm Georgia and I'm your brand and design guardian. I'm Andrew Black and I help tradespeople develop their processes. Wonderful. And thank you very much for joining us in this episode. Now, today's episode is all about ideal clients. How do you find them? Where are they? How do you actually find out who your ideal clients are? So without further ado, let's go over to our branding expert, Georgia. Yes. So thank you, John. Um, in, in terms of when we work with any new clients, we've made it an essential part of our process now that we won't touch anyone's design or marketing until we've worked out their ideal clients um, because this helps the client actually identify and think more about their business as a whole as well and it can be quite an eye-opener for them in terms of lots of decisions that they're going to be making in their business going forward. So it's, um, as I said, it's an essential part of our process before we do any design work now. So we, um, we tend to interview our clients and we ask lots of different questions that, you know, all of our listeners could be asking themselves now and even writing out on a list, um, you know, just by themselves to work out where they should be focusing their areas of marketing. But we look at age, for example, we look at gender, we look at where, where are the clients living, what types of brands are they buying? You know, somebody that um, is buying Chanel, for example, might look at um, different businesses quite differently to someone who maybe shops in uh, Primani, but other clothing brands are available. Uh, we look at lifestyle, so things like the cars that they drive, the newspapers they're reading, the magazines that they're reading. Uh, the types of communication. So, you know, where are your ideal clients? Are they on Instagram? Are they on Facebook? Are they on LinkedIn? Uh, a lot of businesses get fall into the trap that just because these platforms all exist, we have to be on every single one. Actually, as a small business, it's much better to work out where our ideal clients are, put all our attention and investments there, rather than thinking we just need to be on everything, which actually we don't. Um, and then we even look at... Um, people's character like what kind of personality types do you want to work with do you want to work with um you know direct decision makers who are very black and white about things give you quick answers which means that's how you like working as well and you can turn things around quickly or do you like exploring things with people a bit more and so a, a different kind of personality type because that's how you like working as well so as I said, I've pretty much gone through uh, a lot of the questions that I ask our clients when we're working out who their ideal client is. So hopefully our listeners will take some of those points and it might start getting the wheels turning in terms of um, in their minds as to who actually do I want to work with. It's not always just about who is going to be paying me the most money for something. Who's going to be not, uh, what kind of clients are, am I going to be enjoying working with that aren't going to give me as much stress as well. That's also really important. Because that's, that's a very interesting point there, because I think if you talk to most business owners, especially uh, small to medium sized business owners, well, the first thing be, well, you know, I've, I've got a website and I've got a phone number and people call me up and we do jobs for them. So why should I even bother? You know, what is this? This is all seems like magic and hoodoo. But is actually the process of getting to an ideal client, someone who's actually going to buy from you quicker, like you say, or spend more with you in the long term? Well, it's, it's, I, I get a lot of clients when we come and we sit to do the interview and uh, I say, you know, for, for part of our process, we whittle it down to three because you always need to start somewhere. And 90% and of my clients, that when they're new, they come in, they're like, but, you know, I, I can serve everybody. I'm a plumber. I can, do, I can do all of this. I'm a builder. I can, you know, help homes. I can help businesses. So no, that's great. That's great. But in terms of having really successful, effective marketing, what's really good is that you look like you are the absolute expert 
in one area. And what that means often is niching down. People get really scared of that. So by doing this ideal client workshop, it often helps the business owner as well to realize that actually, if I did focus in on one or two specific niches, it might be a location, it might be a service type, it might be a personality type, I can get more of the work I want then I can use people like Andrew to structure and systemize my business much better because I'm equipped to help all those people um, much more confidently, more effectively, more efficiently. Um, And then that's how you can grow your business much more rather than trying to always serve everyone. Um, And that comes with lots of different stresses. It would be really good kind of if people sort of got this to this point earlier on in their careers. I find that a lot of people sort of they start their business, as you say, John, they start getting busy, the, the phone starts ringing and they kind of say yes to everything. And before you know it, you're running around very stressed out and you haven't really assessed who you're working for and what type of business you're doing. And like if you looked at the 80-20 principle where 80% of your work comes from 20% of your clients, It's often the case if you assess the 20% of those clients or even the 80% of the clients that are only giving you 20% of your work, you'll find you're running around and spending so much time for the smaller amount of money versus just spending a little bit more time um, with the people that are paying the vast majority or the, the better margin work that you're doing and really focus and hone in on exactly how to to develop that specific process of attracting more of that type of client, but also delivering the product in such a way. As I said, just you see it time and time again with people. Yep, yep, got to do it, got to do it. And they measure their success in how sort of busy the phone is. And you can be running around and being very busy and not making any money. And this that, is kind of what I see all the time. That is a really good point, Andrew. And that is that is that part of the crux of the problem? And I mean, this is kind of an aside to this episode. But people feel that they're only working if they're busy running around, when actually you can be a lot more efficient and just deal with the customers or clients who are going to be better for you, but not actually fill all that time. Working smarter and not harder, right? That's what I hear all the time. Yeah, it's, it's all of those. But, but people need a massive change. They need a massive shift in either their, their energy or they need something to have happened, um, whether that's a bad thing or a good thing within their business. You know, sometimes things happen in life or, or maybe even someone you know gets unwell. And it really gives you a bit of perspective. You know, hopefully this whole situation with the COVID has given a lot of people a new perspective or a new way of looking at their business and going, actually, I don't want to be going back and doing 60, 70, 80 hour weeks. I don't want to get in after the kids have gone down that night. You know, I don't want to be doing that anymore. And if you don't want to repeat the same mistakes, maybe you don't want to repeat that same way of working, then it is literally about having a look at your internal uh, client base, having a look at the 20% of the clients that give you 80% of your work, and then working with someone like Georgia to to identify exactly where that customer is shopping and how exactly you can approach them to make them buy from you. As I said, it's always something psychological or something mental or something emotional that happens for people to go, this ain't right, I'm not making progress. Or for all this busy, busy work, and I'm, I'm progressing by 1% every week rather than 25% every year. So, Georgia, how do you profile the different people? You've gone through all the different areas and different things and lifestyles, mm-hmm. etc. So does that all then build up into, into something then that you report back with? 
Yeah. So what we do is we create um, an ideal client persona document. So all the questions that I just asked you, I'm a visual person and that's how I take in information. I want things given to me as quickly and easily as possible. So that's what I do for my clients. We create the document that has their three ideal clients. We also go through their um, three pain points of each client as well. And that's how we come up with different ideas for our clients. We are not of the kind of shop where a client comes to us and says I need a leaflet I need this I need that we go to our clients and say like based on what we've discovered on who you're after this would be an idea for how John Smith your ideal client wants to be communicated to there's no point like when clients think they need leaflets they think they need a brochure but really they're targeting that they've designed a new app or something and they're targeting 15 year olds 15 year olds don't care about leaflets and brochures everything's online right and I use that as an example which is quite an extreme one but sometimes just because we see what our competitors are doing and we think oh they've got this new big vehicle or billboard or, or you know they're, do, they're doing a podcast or they're doing stuff on Instagram or they're doing this that, and the other companies fall into that other companies fall into that trap that they feel they have to do it just because you have two sets of building companies does not mean that you're even competitors because if your ideal clients are completely different what you should be putting out there to appeal to your clients will be completely different to who you think your competitor is just because you offer the same service it, it does not mean you're in competition um, it just happens to be they might be local and they can they too can fix fix some plumbing or uh, build an extension but um, ideal clients are what separate businesses and if you're not fully aware of who your ideal clients are and especially what their problems are you can't work with people like me people like well people like Andrew help bring that out as well on creating solutions for those people and that's what marketing is it's about creating solutions before they even pick up the phone so you're like eliminating client pain points um through your social media maybe through things that come through the door even the way you turn up to networking meetings and present yourself in your brief one minute slot that you might get people want to work with people that can solve their problems not just because i need an extension or i need a loft uh, what problems are you solving so which comes first then, or is this a bit of a chicken and the egg kind of scenario? Do you, do you first need to figure out who your ideal client is, or do you have to have the systems in place to find that ideal client and to be able to look after that ideal client? It's a funny one, because if I look at all the clients I work with, I mean, when you're a startup, it's quite nice and easy. This is the first thing you should do, because it's, it's going to dictate every decision you make going forward. These documents, John, as you know, like I send them to you when you're building our websites, because that's going to affect some of the decisions you make in your expert area. But I get a lot of companies that come to me and they've been in business for years and years. And maybe like what you guys were just saying as well, they kind of, they hit a bit of a plateau and they realize, hang on, I'm working so hard here. I'm servicing everybody. Like that's not an effective use of my time because I'm having to think for everyone individually rather than when you're working with your coach and you've got your systems in place and, and you know then like the, the processes in step one, step two, because all your clients have a similarity you're just stressing yourself out and adding to your workload, aren't you? But it's never too late to review your ideal clients. And something I actually always tell my clients when we're doing this in the first instance is this doesn't mean forever. Like this is a starting place. This is the now. This is who are you trying to target right now? What kind of work do you want? What are these people's problems? This is how we're going to brand you. This is how we're going to market you. This We're going to give this document to your developer, to your signage company, to your printer. They're all going to sing from the same hymn sheet to attract these people you want. But this is not to say that as your business grows in two years' time, 
your ideal client changes, maybe you've really gone up the ranks. Maybe you've really started to appeal to a higher end, more affluent client. And now you, you want to market to a slightly different clientele. The minute your ideal client changes, this exercise, you need to do this. And then that's when you start reviewing your marketing because you're always going to be missing, um, like hitting the wrong target, so to speak, if you just keep using the same marketing, but actually you're trying to appeal to different people because different people accept communication in different ways. Different brand appeals to different people. The way you speak appeals to different people. It all comes together. So you have to be like laser focused. It's funny how you mentioned that, Georgia, because I, John, you're currently working with a bathroom company and they had an idea of what their ideal client looked like. But it seems the longer you've been doing that project, the sort of target has become more and more defined. Yeah, that is that is a really good point. And it is, I think. I don't... I, I, I think that unless you've been through the process with someone like Georgia, then um, it's very difficult maybe to understand who your ideal clients are. Um, there are some systems out there, quick ones like you know Facebook. You can run a few numbers and see who is actually visiting your website, etc., and what they're like. But it's not really um, a, a, an ideal target until you've gone through systems with Georgia themselves. And you're right, I think things do change over those things. Because if you think about your entire marketing, it's all a filter, isn't it? You, or you can think of it as a filter. You start out with that widest possible group of people. Then who is actually interested? Who's got the need right now? Are they going to come through some ports of call and, and touch points with you, your website or wherever it is, or picking up the phone? But then you've then got the next filter, which is then speaking to that person and finding out, are they actually ready? Where do they live? Are they in the right areas? Can you get a team out to them? Can you do an actual quote for them? And can you turn things around in the right kind of time? And then once you've got that quote out to them, you've been to visit them, et cetera, how quickly then are they actually going to reach into their bank account and actually pay you? So there's this huge long system that actually companies need to be thinking about and refining all the way through. And there's more steps to that as well, the more complicated things get. And eventually, when you get right to the end of it, you're going to have that ideal person who you think, right, it was easy to sell to. They were happy to pay straight away. We did the job. We got a really good review from it. Brilliant. More people like that, please. And then create, keep the loop going and keep testing and keep trying out ways to actually make that into a better system. When you know your ideal client, it's, it's much easier to make day-to-day -day decisions, even as something as simple as putting up a social media post. This is not when I'm managing my clients. Like This is what I'm teaching my clients to do themselves for those that are on a sort of a lesser uh, sort of package with me. I'm like, okay, when you're, when you're going out on site and you're taking a picture today and you're thinking you're going to put it on your Facebook and they're taking a photo of uh, <laughs> the demolished site where the bulldozer's been in and it's a big old lump of... Uh, rubble and everything else and they think it's great from their perspective they're like oh yeah you know we've demolished all of this and they put just that photo up on their on their facebook i said this to one of my construction clients recently um in one of our sessions i then sat down and i said okay that photo that you put up let's have a look at those three ideal clients again do you think mrs jones would have liked that picture considering she's a high-end affluent client living in hampstead no do you think john smith that that high-end interior design company that you want to get in with do you think he would appreciate that photo Oh yeah, no. And do you think, um, you know, Bob, Bob Jolly, I'm making up these names now. Um, <laughs> I want to meet Bob Jolly. Bob Jolly sounds great. Um, who is, who is the high end property developer and he sees that picture. Do you think he would have liked that? And he was like, actually, you're so right. I said, if that picture had been in amongst a series of photos where you'd started with the finished product because they're all high end affluent clients and it's shown the process, 
that would have been fine, but you made that a feature and that none of your ideal clients would have resonated with that. They, they may think that looked quite Mickey Mouse, quite amateur, they don't want to be seeing that kind of thing. So now he's really conscious on what he puts up on his own Facebook and his photos and he's branding himself. Like he's calling me and he's saying, oh, I've just put up this photo, hashtag brand guardian. You know, I'm getting told about myself, which is fantastic. Like he's learning the ways because now everything he's doing, he's just thinking about those three people. Would they like that? If I'm writing this, would they would, would that appeal to them? Actually, I'm going to turn down work that isn't from my ideal clients anymore because I don't, I, I'm not going to use that in my portfolio and it's not as profitable. So actually let me spend some of that time going after those ideal clients and getting more of the work I want that I can showcase. Like it helps make quite a lot of big decisions. Um, it's just helping change the mindset as well, not only for our clients, but for us as suppliers too. And saving money as well on different marketing campaigns. I think that's, yeah. that's a massive thing, isn't it? The, there, was, there was an example recently. I mean, if you've got, if you've got a document that Georgia can produce, um, and I know you, you do some very beautifully visual um, diagrams for this as well, which help explain it really, really well. They're absolutely amazing. So I definitely um, recommend people having a, a conversation with Georgia about this. Um, but the, if, you know, if you have more of those details, then it makes everything else more efficient. Because why do a direct marketing campaign to um, the east end of London when you know that most of your clients or ideal clients are going to be in West London? And also as well, why try um, things like Facebook ads to people in their 30s when actually you know that people in their 40s and 50s have the money to be able to afford your service and also won't mess you around so much with things like quoting and estimates and actually getting to the end result you want to do. There's one guy that I've done a lot of work with over time. There's a lot of testing going on and he's in the fitness business. But he, <laughs> he knew that women in their 50s to 50 and 60s were an ideal client for him because he was slap bang in the middle of Finchley. There's a lot of people in that area who fit that demographic. He knew that if they wanted to start a fitness journey with him, so they were more flexible, et cetera, had more stamina, whatever. All right, I'm, I'm going into some really bad areas now. How flexible, John? And what kind of areas did you want to work into? Who knows? <laughs> but he knew that ideal target audience of women in their 50s weren't going to mess him around. They were going to sign up mm -hmm. for his package straight away. And they're actually going to then talk to other people saving him marketing costs to actually be able to bring their friends in as well. True, that's right. If you, if you can get more of the kind of clients and work that you want, it's almost silly, isn't it? Like even entertaining um, ideas of clients and work that you don't want just for the financial side of it. Because then you just get into that loop, don't you? Like, okay, just whatever comes in, I need to do, I need to do. But if you're a bit more focused, just a quality of life, I think, in general, right? Quality of life is just a lot better. Well, that's, but that becomes a very, very real problem because before you know it, you're, you're six months, one year, three years, five years in and you've got overheads. As a business, you've then got overheads, possibly premises, two, three, four vans on the road, depending on your business, um, you know, employees and so on. And you're not necessarily always enjoying business because you're not working with the people you want to be working with. But now you've got these responsibilities mm -hmm. and that becomes the major, major problem. So, you know, although obviously we always have a laugh when we do these things, the, the very kind of serious point in this is if you're starting a business because you're, you have a, you're technically good at something, then find out who to be technically good at with. Find out your specific uh, referral request, your specific client, your target market, and work with those guys. And even if you grow at a slower, steadier rate, your profit margins will be better. 
your stress levels will be lower and overall you'll be happier. Brilliant. Well, we'll leave you with those thoughts there. Don't work harder when you can work smarter. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. If you're watching, don't forget, you can find out more at marketingsimplified.co.uk. And if you have any thoughts about the show or you'd like to feature, then get in touch at hello at marketingsimplified.co.uk. That's all from us for the moment, but we'll see you very soon. That's all for this time. But don't worry, we'll be back with more soon. Stay tuned for new episodes at marketingsimplified.co.uk.